Welcome to Seek Go Create. This is your host, Tim Winders. And today I'm in my RV and the guest is in their RV also. I'm in a class A, they're in an Airstream, and we're going to have a a cool conversation about things that are all about being creative. We are going to really tap into the create word of seek, go, create day. Seek, go, create today on the the podcast and on the episode. So glad you're here. We'll get to that in just a moment. I want to remind everyone that your host has created something. I've created a novel, and you can get all the info on that. You just go to timwinders.com forward slash book timwinders.com forward slash book. You can learn all about it. Depending on when you're listening in or watching this, you may be able to go ahead and order it, go ahead and get the book, or it might be right before release. You might be able to get a chapter or do something like that. So go check it out. Look forward to hearing back from you. All right. So here's the cool thing about the guest today. I typically, especially in the world we're in, do not get to meet a lot of the people that I interview. I mean, I'm interviewing people that have written books and things like that. But this guest, I met them out in the world RVing. And uh, we might get into that story in just a moment. And, uh, and so we were in the same RV park, the RV resort, and we met, we got to talking. And then later I said, I have got to have her on Seek Go Create. So I've got Kate Smith here today, and I'm just going to read one little blurb and we're just going to get started. She finds the good, the funny, and the happy in everything. She makes art about it, and she puts that art on some greeting cards, stationery, and gift products. She does a lot more stuff, too. But, Kate, great to see you again. You, too. Oh, my gosh. I am so honored to be on the podcast. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll get to in just a moment. I want to, We're going to give some people some background about how we connected and things like that. But first question, right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, I guess we can meet each other in an RV park or somewhere else, but we bump into each other and someone says, what do you do? What do you tell people? I tell people I am in the business of making humans smile with folded pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah. And, and then does someone say, wait, holding a piece of paper, what's, what's up with that? Give me a little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot of questions, of course. There's many ways that, <laughs> yeah, I make greeting cards for a living. Um, so the more businessy um, explanation of what I do is we do art licensing. We have our own art licensing business, and we focus primarily on greeting cards. Um, the more mission-based answer is that my whole intention with what I do is to help people see the simple joys all around them and um, encourage them and give them the tools to be able to see those joys um, and share those joys with other people. And I find one of the best ways to do that is through a greeting card. Hmm. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be many, a little bit controversial <laughs> right out of the gate here. If that's okay. And then... Are you not a greeting card sender? Oh yet? my gosh. <laughs> it's even worse than that, Kate. It's even worse. This is like true <laughs> confession time. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear it all. When I get greeting cards, <laughs> I don't ever know oh what, my I don't even know what to do with them. <laughs> Tim. I, ah, well, okay. I love them. I'm going to give you a pass because you are a male and you are definitely not my target audience. Probably Glory is the one buying cards for both of you to send primarily if she is a card sender as well. But 
trust me, I have a lot of people in my family like that. My brother, um, he puts post-it notes on the inside of them so that somebody can reuse them. Like, so he doesn't have to buy another one, you know, like. <laughs> so recycled greeting cards. Now here's, I, and, but again, I want to say this. We are currently as we're, what part of the world are you in? We're in Sedona, Arizona. Oh, Sedona, Arizona. Beautiful. We're just outside of Rapid City, um, South Dakota. And uh, in a little while, we'll talk about how we connected and got together with you and Ryan and all of that. But um, so I went bopping in Target the other day. And and the first thing I did was I made a beeline to the greeting card <laughs> section. And I'm looking for the Kate Smith collection. And they didn't have it at the little Target here. I was very disappointed. But you're in a lot of Targets, though, right? Yeah, so we... It's, there won't always be a collection in there. Um, some of those, they're in there for specific periods of time. The last one we just had was for St. Patrick's Day. So that came out uh, March 17th. Um, but we work with American Greetings and Recycled Paper Greetings. So unfortunately, it's really hard to tell people how to find my cards in the wild because I would have to go, Tim, why don't you go turn over every card in the aisle <laughs> and buy mine? So... Um, yeah, we are. We're in a lot of major stores, Walmarts and Targets and CVSs and grocery stores. And it's just hard to direct you there when I don't have like an actual collection in the works. And currently we don't have that, but we will see. Yeah, we were somewhere. And I remember Glory even wanted me to take a picture in front of your end cap. I mean, you get like some pretty, pretty heavy duty, beautiful end caps. It probably was around that St. Patrick's Day time. And I, she did, I yeah. took a picture of her and we were like, going, we know her, we know her, we know Kate and all that. So anyway, it was awesome. Very. Yeah, that makes my day. Very, very, very cool there. So, so how does one. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone in on the greeting card thing uh, for just a second, and then mm -hmm. we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit. How does one uh, get started in a business like that? I mean, it's just, I don't think you, you know, years ago, say, I'm going to write greeting. Maybe you did. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to do greeting cards for a living at some point. How, how do you get started? Um, yeah, you're right. There's not exactly a book out there. Um called how to start a greeting card business for dummies because I've looked for it when I first started so I can assure you there's not um the way that I came into it was I had an idea this is um I had a, my first greeting card line was called from Frank and it was a dog about my or a, a greeting card line about my dog and he was on a mission to make humans smile and since he couldn't go more than a block from his house the greeting cards were how he did it and so we had this idea in my sketchbook and I worked in advertising at the moment. And my boss, who is a really dear friend um, and supporter of me, one day I had shared with him my ideas and he came to me and said, Kate, like, those are, that's a really good idea and you should do it. Um, and that was that permission and that belief was kind of all I needed. And so I thought, okay, what is the easiest, like the lowest hanging fruit, you know? To get this into the market and i thought oh folded pieces of paper that sounds relatively simple so um i just started writing greeting cards like they were not that great in the beginning um it took a lot of practice and um a lot of like looking at what i liked and didn't like and so we came up with a collection of 50 cards and launched them at the national stationery show in new york in 2011 11 or 12. um and from there it just took off very quickly um target and 
recycled paper greetings found us at that show and within like another 13 months we had a collection in target which was wild um coming from that early of a stage to kind of a dream position um but that's how we started in in greeting cards and i realized that like it probably wasn't an accident that i fell into that because my family is we're, we're very much writers and greeting card senders and um you know, I grew up with at my breakfast table in the morning, I would have a bowl of cereal set for me and I would have maybe like two or three thank you cards that my mom needed me to write. And she would, you know, coach me from like the kitchen stove while she was cooking breakfast, like you should say this and like, don't do this. And like, you should say this. And um, so it became apparent to me that it's not an accident that I, I value these little pieces of paper that I save in shoe boxes for so many years. Um, so long story short, we just did it. Interesting. Yeah. And so, so we're 10, yeah. 10 plus years uh, into that now. And were, were you like it when you were younger? Were you an artist? Were you like, what, what were you? I mean, I've, I've looked at your stuff. I almost wish I could sh share the screen here. Maybe I'll try to do that here in just a second. But I mean, a, a lot of it is very art. I don't want to say art heavy, but it's also just kind of like the message is very important to us. So w were you an artist, drawer, words? What was big for you when you were growing up? Yeah, I was always creating um, and always kind of using, like I used to make flower crowns for my dogs to wear. Um, you know, like I would have my Christmas present production line like started in like October. Um, I always did like accelerated art classes and my mom was a big supporter of my art I submitted like coloring contests at her work and um <laughs> she would even actually tell me that I won when I didn't <laughs> so like my confidence was really strong <laughs> I was like I am crushing those state farm coloring contests. <laughs> so, so, and you know, the cool thing is, is that sometimes that's all you need just to kind of keep going. And yeah. you know, if, is it delusional? Is it super confidence? Yeah. I don't know, but it's working, right? I'm not even mad about it. I was like, thank you for that. That's fantastic. Because sometimes you're so delicate at those like early stages. And like, I don't even mind that I didn't you know the like little paint set that she brought me for my trophy you know was like enough and um yeah so I had really supportive parents they let me color all over my walls and paint murals on my ceilings and um dye my hair whatever color I wanted pierce a lot of things <laughs> they were let me kind of explore so that was really cool so you so you were open to so well that's so that's that's cool and so so you got into the business. I want to talk, I mean, one of the things you kind of know we do here, I like to talk about business and stuff and the creative process. Mm -hmm. And in a little while, we're going to talk about living in an RV. That's probably why a lot of people want to listen in now. They're going, oh my gosh, it's two people that live in an RV. But I think maybe I'm the only guy. But I, I remember when we, we started talking and all that, in my mind... It was an extremely narrow thought of, huh, this is going back to my confession about greeting cards. In the world we're in today, so hyper-digital, hyper-online, all of that, people are still out there sending notes, two pieces, you know, a piece of folded paper and all of that. Tell me about 
the industry of greeting cards because when I, I went to Target this last week, I was looking around for you and I'm going, you know what? There's been two or three aisles of greeting cards in stores forever. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't like, yeah. and they would get rid of it if they weren't selling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely the paper industry and you're right. Like technology and, and things are definitely a competitor to that, just that format and period. Um, and there's definitely a decline in the industry, but I think millennials are actually bringing that back for us. Millennials are actually um, card senders, which is pretty amazing. And um, I don't know if it's retro. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but um, definitely and COVID actually was a wonderful moment for greeting cards. Um, so greeting cards could get into hospitals, greeting cards could get into nursing homes, greeting cards could get into places that humans could not get into. And that was a way to send something that you touched to someone else that you could not touch without doing that. Um, and to me, that was a really magical moment for greeting cards. And um, I think they were they were big in helping people connect with one another and make sense of a really weird time with just a little simple kind of a thing. So yeah, I don't think it's like, we're not like Elon Musk, you know, trying to go to the moon. I don't think we're on like, you know, that kind of a trending level, but like, I think there's definitely still relevance for, um, well, there's always relevance for communication and like words, you know, I think as long as language and stuff is important in the world, I think, I think we'll still have a place. I hope we will. I, I, I've never saved a text in a shoebox, you know? Mm. So, um, no, I, I don't know. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for paper. <laughs> I, um, no, I mean, it's really cool to have this conversation because it, I think we're on the cusp of some really cool and weird things going on in culture with metaverse and you know i think i think we're going to see some people totally check out of the real world we probably already have but then i think we're going to have some people that really hunger for i don't even know if it's tradition nostalgia things that i did an interview the other day with a guy and and he brought up this term called exennial and it was someone who's kind of like straddling the digital age you know they remember (laughs) you know, 70s and Mm -hmm. 80s, maybe when they were born, Mm -hmm. but then they can also Mm -hmm. function in a digital world. And I, I actually agree with you. I think that greeting cards and, and someone being able to hold something, I think, I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be powerful. So I'm, I'm excited to know someone in that industry. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do more with greeting cards (laughs) myself personally. (laughs) It's just, I mean, I don't think it has to actually be a greeting card like I think it could be any sort of like point of communication that's like, like I said, I've never hung a text on the wall, but I've got a greeting card up there right now. And it could be as something as simple as like, um, so this isn't a greeting card, but in my family, we do puffy face, but puffy face pictures where we like blow up our cheeks and you're like, and that's all we do is we send them. And so it's just these dumb little silly points of communications. And so whether that's a piece of paper, whether that's you sign your son up for a silly cat magazine subscription is a joke you know like just i just think that like there's these more human ways to communicate that you don't get digitally i think that digital i love like love texting love facetime that's how i communicate with my family there's just something that leaves you wanting i think 
still. So it's so. so it seems as if that you have pretty much a mission of I'll use it bringing joy. I know you talk about making people smile uh, quite a bit, and and I've been around you some, and I know that you have a smile on your face uh, a good portion of that time, which I think is great. Um, is it is Kate's purpose and mission? Uh, you know, bringing joy, making people smile. And right now, a folded piece of paper is just a tool to to make that happen. Yeah, I think so. I think um, there was a time, I've always been like a person that has needed to know my purpose, or at least trying to find it in life. Like from a very early age, I've had vision boards and like, you know, wondered what I was meant to do and put you know why was I put on this earth and like what is the best song I can sing with the talents I've been given and for me the thing the closest thing I've come to realize is that um there's a lot of not there's a lot of not great things in the world there's a lot of negative negativity a lot of evil and it's not necessarily my purpose to understand why that is but it is my purpose to add joy and I don't think there will ever be um, a lack of a need to add joy. And so I don't necessarily need to understand <laughs> the way the world works because I can't even, you know, start to fathom all of those things, but I know that it needs my joy and I know that I can put it in and I know that I can encourage other people to do it and give them tools to do it as well. And so for me, that's the reason why I do all the things that I do. Um, and folded pieces of paper just happens to be one of my favorite tools. So it's not my only tool, but um, it's a simple one and it's been around for so long. Like we were just talking the other day, um, American greetings started with a horse and carriage and, um, like back in the 1800s and he would drive around in his horse and carriage and he would sell greeting cards. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Yeah. I know. I, I, and you know, there aren't, you know, we're in, we're in a world today where some of the mega companies that are we'll call them the you know the media and the tech companies uh we mm-hmm. think they have longevity but you know like we use facebook for example they've only been public for 10 years <laughs> they they mm-hmm. literally know, right? they literally are a blip on history i mean they are <laughs> really really new and people say, oh, they'll, you know, they're, they're around forever. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And I think it is nice to see something that's just been around and we still see it in the stores. We still see people that are, that are uh, yeah. actually using that. That's, uh, that's good. I, I have a question about, I actually wanted to ask this when we met because this is probably going to lead into a little bit more about some of the lifestyle that we lead because there are people we're not going to kind of go down the rv route right now but we're skirting it that's an that's an interesting word in rv world too skirting it (laughs) but uh (laughs) many people think when they hear we live in rvs that we're on perpetual vacation that we are living the good life, sipping cocktails out, which we actually did that a little bit too, but you know, we're just out just having fun all the time, but, but, but we're working. And I actually noticed you were really working. I mean, I'm kind of like out, you know, talking and interacting with people, but you were like head down working, you know, ear earphones in and all that kind of stuff. What, 
talk about your work rhythm and what your process is. You know, what is it that you're doing? And I know that you and Ryan, your husband, y'all work together and y'all have different roles in your business. I believe that you may be more the creative, but what's your work rhythms and, and how do you get that done when you're just kind of nomading? Yeah, it can be challenging, um, especially for someone who admittedly is routine oriented, which is so weird to say that I am and like also live in this lifestyle. It's very like a lot of parts of my personality are like very juxtaposed to one another. And I don't know if that's good or bad. But um, yeah, so I prefer to stay places a little longer as far as our travel rhythm. Um, I find that moving a lot takes bandwidth, mental bandwidth from me and um, energy. And I really need those things to create. Um, it takes a lot of my mental energy to sit down and, you know, be creative on a dime or to get into a flow state. And so, and I also like to stay longer um, just to get the vibe. I feel like I get a better vibe of the community in the city too. So, um, so we stay places a little longer. I have started loving to work not in the RV. Um that's another thing. And I do have like this like desk, actually Ryan's back there right now. It like pops up on our beds. And so like, I definitely can work in the RV if I need to. And we have a stand-up desk and it's like all set up for me, but being married to your business partner, um, <laughs> living with them in 180 square feet and then spending the entire day with them on, in the same company, I find tough a little bit not in that I don't love him dearly I do but it's just hard for me to separate a little bit um and it's like you like I'm sure you've seen the show bewitched you know where she goes to like wiggles her nose and then like does this and that's what you have to do you have to be like now it's an office now it's your kitchen now it's your bedroom and it's like it's tough so um I have really really found a lot of benefit from getting memberships to co-working spaces or going to coffee shops or going to RV clubhouses. Um, but just separating where I work from where I live. And of course it doesn't happen all the time, but, um, so that's what I do from a location standpoint, but my studio does have to fit in a book bag. So when we moved into the RV, I had to edit down an entire room, um, and then see what I could take digital, you know, and what I could, eliminate 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 and streamline and now it does um i work off of a laptop i sketch and draw everything on my ipad pro it's all digital now which is like amazing there's no paper i take notes i draw i do all these things um and then i've got like a tiny little printer and we've got like a few you know like art supplies but it's pretty lean and um i find that I actually, from all of this kind of moving around and place changes, I actually get a lot of inspiration from it. Um, people are what I take most of my inspiration from. Like I love to sit in a coffee shop and listen to the words that people are saying to one another. Um, I love to hear how they greet each other. I love to see what lights up their eyes. Um, and I love to take that kind of language or words and then mix it up with art and kind of you know, scrapbook it together in a way that I can get that folded piece of paper to feel like I just walked into a coffee shop and met you. Um, so that is sort of my process. I try to approach greeting card writing 
as like, it's very much like, what do I want to say to Tim? Like, what do I, how do I want you to feel when you read what I wrote? Because if you aren't feeling a certain thing, the point of it's gone. And the person's probably not going to buy it because it's not saying what they want. And um, so it's very me to you oriented. And then how can I get that me to you sentiment really quickly? Mm. Because you, as you know, the card aisles are large and there's many and you've got a quick second to really catch somebody's attention and be like, that's the one I want. I want. So, um, yeah, well, I don't know if that gets no, all of your questions answered, but no, it did because really there's, I start as I, as I have these conversations, I start seeing themes form up and I, I already know where we're headed as we wrap up and, and the topic is going to be how to make people smile. We're, we're going to be doing that as we finish, but I'm not, I'm not quite finished with your process yet. Okay. I have a question too, that I'd like to talk about after you do that. Ah, if we have time. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, that, okay. That'd be awesome. But, but so, so <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed about myself, I used to never really consider myself creative. I mean, I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a, a fixer. I'm someone who comes into places, companies, organizations, and fixes them. And Glory and I've had this conversation recently. She is she does a lot of operations and things like that. But one of the things that we've noticed about ourselves is that we're in better moods. The the higher percentage of our time we are doing something new, creating something new. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and where I was really wanting to get, and, and the way you do it in an RV is very important because I don't know, you said something that most people probably don't get. It takes a lot of energy to move from one spot to another, to plan it, to pack everything up, to go. And, and very similar to us, we like to stay places 30 days minimum, and we love 90. You know, that's an awesome thing mm -hmm. for us. And we even are getting mm -hmm. our rhythms where we kind of like going back to a place that I didn't think I would ever want to do, that we're just kind of going to, mm -hmm. you know, bounce back and forth because we've got some familiarity and it nourishes our soul there. But I, I really wanted, Kate, what I was wanting to ask about was when you get to the point of sitting down and you've got your mobile studio with you, whether you're in the coffee shop or you're in a, you know, an RV um, clubhouse or something like that. What percentage of your time, you know, most people think five days a week, eight hours a day, that's the type of work that a typical work week would look like. How much time are you, quote unquote, head down working Per week, and this is not me trying to judge you and say, "Oh, you only work because I actually know you don't. I've seen you." And then I'll tell you my follow-up question is, how much of that time is creating? You know, how much time would you say you are really in that creation mode? Did that question mm -hmm. make sense? Total sense. Yeah. Um, so I would say, so as you mentioned before, my husband Ryan and business partner handles contracts. Um, any sort of business numbers. He handles all of my scheduling and my email and um, is just an insane asset for me to be able to try to stay on the creative as much as I can. Um, now what that looks like depends on where I'm at in the project, in a project um, could be various stages of it, but I would say because I have him as an asset, 75% of my time is, no, I'm going to go back on that. I'm going to say 50%. No, 
45% of my time might be creating and then maybe the other part of it is actually executing that creation, which is the level of creating, but it's not that ideation phase, you know, where you're really like hatching eggs. Um, it's more like, I know what I'm going to birth and like, I need to like <laughs> shape it up. And so, um, I am very fortunate in that I don't have to deal with a lot of the real business stuff that a lot of entrepreneurs that are singular have to, it's a real gift to have, um, Ryan in the business in my life. So I get to spend a lot of time writing and creating and, um, and making art. So, so you, so you bounce, you went 75, 50, 45. So you think, I know. I went, and I'm like going, if we keep talking, we're going down, we're keeping dropping here. <laughs> we're, we're bottoming out. Well, I was trying to think if I, if I like qualified production as creating, and there's always some element in it when you do it, but like raw writing or raw concepting, you know, it's not 75%. What, what gives you the most energy? So it's funny that you're asking about these time things because we've currently, I've just finished a year where I've had, uh, I will have five collections in target and we've got some other big collections launching in the future that I can't mention yet, but, um, I'm definitely in a realm of like burnout a little bit. Um, and so we've been asking ourselves of that question as well as what gives us energy and, and how do we structure our business? based on happiness and how can it serve us to make us happy, um, which is a total mind shift. And what I am craving right now and what, what makes me happy is, is definitely the ideation, the creation of it, but having the space in there to throw it all away if I want to, or, you know, say what if and do it and maybe nothing comes of it. Like I want, I, I crave that little bit of space to mess up to try things, to, um, to just have it not matter. And then from that, be able to pull and polish the gold of what then, you know, will actually go to market. But that's what gives me energy is to be able to say, what if, and then try that. Yeah. Do, is it deadlines that zap that energy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, which are, you know, it's part of being in a business you know, you have partners and you have, um, projects and, you know, and, uh, and holidays that come the same time every year. It's kind of like, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't roll out of bed in, uh, you know, July and say, huh, I've got a great idea for, uh, you know, St. Patrick's day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So timing is critical there, right? Yeah, it is. And I think, I mean, they're champagne problems, right? These are problems that we celebrate, not problems that we don't want. But um, I think you just have to be protective of how much, you know, you put on your plate and what you put on your plate, because if you just, ha you have to leave, you have to leave space for uh, the possibilities. Otherwise, I think the magic of what people have come to you for in the beginning goes away. And um, so I'm trying to be really careful of that. I'm trying to be careful of like, I've attracted partners and people because of, you know, a magic that I have and I have to be able to create that. And that takes some space. And so <laughs> currently we're working on that. So that, so Kate, <laughs> you just, you, you literally gave the tagline for what we do here at Seatco Create. It's basically redefining what success is. 
Mm -hmm. And, and I think so many people would say, oh, you know, you're, you're doing this, you've got cards, you're living in your RV, you're traveling, all this kind of stuff. Life is great, but yet we have to mm -hmm. take the time to say, let's, let's think about what this looks like, what gives me joy, what gives me energy, what, you know, where, where is mm -hmm. my superpower best used as opposed to when it becomes kryptonite so that's exciting um what are you what are you thinking it might look like you, you getting some glimpses that you, you can know, share with us at all yeah it's actually you know actually i'm i'm scheduled for the rest of the afternoon to go and like journal and sort of meditate on that um but it's i've been having a lot of conversations i work with a counselor um i'm a big big fan of talk therapy so i um work with one and we've been talking a lot lately about just like um Apparently, historically, the average work week for a human was 20 hours. Um, and then, of course, the factory came in and made the 40-hour work week. But, um, you know, what if you, you know, he kind of does this stuff with me where he's like, what do you want to work every day? You know, how many hours do you want to work? You know, just like from your deepest knowing self. And, um, you know, what would make you happy to be able to get done in a day? And, like, how do you structure your business so that it can make you happy? And to me, that's such a weird thing to ask. And it's a little terrifying because you have some worries about like, if I go against the grain of what I'm supposed to do or what a business is supposed to look like, will it then be successful still? And his argument is, yes, because you've done that. But it's still pretty terrifying to like go, ooh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a little scary, but I am, so I'm looking at, um, how I spend my day, you know, who I'm, what projects I'm working on, how much I'm working, um, making sure that I can get that time in there, that space in there. And then also like um, growth has been an interesting thing for us too, because I think when you're, when you have a small business, you're conditioned to think that you just grow, you just grow and growth is always good. And I don't think it always is. I think that you need to look at what's going to make you happy and why. Why do you want to grow? What's the goal of that? And so um, we're just taking some really hard looks at how we spend our days, what, you know, fills us up, what would we do if nobody paid us, um, and, and kind of trying to, like, leave the constructs of, what a business should be, what an art licensing model should be, what an average work week should be, kind of trying to like leave them on the floor and act like they weren't there and then see where that goes. And I'm terrified and excited <laughs> for what we for what we do with it. So there's there's a lot of things I dig about this conversation, but that last little riff that you had is is like where my I'm I'm like super excited because that's the kind of stuff that I really dig because I think that's that's really pressing into what are we really created for? What's our real purpose? Because many times some of the other things we do, even even le leading the lifestyles that we both lead, you know, we think we're really cutting edge and doing things differently. But we're just doing it the same way everybody else is doing it. We're just doing it while we're in an RV yeah. traveling you know, eight hours a day, you know, five days a week. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've had businesses that were 
people would love to have them, large businesses with memberships and coaching and things like that. And there was a lot going on there and it fed my ego some, but you know what, Kate? Yeah. I've got more money in my pocket and more free time right now. Mm-hmm. And I just work with, I know. and I just work with a handful of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I was, I know I agree with you. And it was funny. I was learning about, there's apparently a guy who coaches on how to do this, like the happiness, like how to create a business. I don't know if you know, I think it's Patty something. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look up his name. But essentially, that's what he said. You know, he was a dentist and he, um, you know, cut all of his C-coins. The people that didn't take care of their teeth and didn't pay their bills, just cut them out. And his B-clients, he said, will you pay your bills? Will you take care of your teeth? And his A-clients, he gave referral cards with gold embossing and said, can you please hand two of these out a year? And then stop taking walk-ins, stop taking phone calls, only brought on new clients from those A-level people, made more money, had more time. And like, to me, I think you're right. I think when you follow, I think when you follow your purpose and what you, what makes you happy and when you make decisions from like a joy-based center, um, I think you can't go wrong. Like I always think yourself, you're a really good bet. Um, it's just, it's scary. If, if I'm being honest, like you yeah. we're human. Well, the, the factors that, that make it tough are, um, Instead of us really digging on what brings us joy, we look at, mm-hmm. we look over the landscape or on social media now or whatever, and we go, what are other people doing? That's what I'm supposed to do too. Or right. this is where we define success weird. It's like, oh, look, they're successful. They're probably only seeing the best of their lives. They're successful. Mm-hmm. I should do that. I think that's one factor. Right. And then the other thing that really messes it up is money. Yeah. Right. Yep. Because it's kind of like, I know how much do you, how much do you need really? Like what, that's, that's a big lesson that we learned when we moved our life to this, to the mobile RV way is, um, there was a Tim Ferriss book that we read and it said, actually put a number to your dreams and you actually need a lot. think are you still there Uh-oh. yeah we are okay good very cool that might have been that may have been that internet hiccup that could happen in rv world <laughs> and i'm not sure if it was I my know. i don't know if sure it was space you know with elon musk or something yeah, or but <laughs> anyway um yeah, I agree. I mean, I cut you off though. What were you going to well, say? Well, no, I, I, what, what you were saying, the last thing that I heard as we were talking was that, you know, you actually do learn some things about yourself when you all of a sudden do something different related to your lifestyle and, and geography. And I think I was going to say one quick thing is that I've, I have found this is kind of really weird. The less I do, it seems like I've got more financial resources. And I use the term financial resources over money. It's just this different thing. But you brought it up. I wanted to go down this path. This is a great time to do it. And that is at some point along the way, you and Ryan looked at each other and said, let's live in an RV. 
<laughs> and and I think there's a lot of people going, that sounds so awesome, but I can't imagine doing it. Tell me that story. And I think I asked you some of this when we met, but tell me the story of you guys saying, let's, let's do the RV thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we will have been on the road four years in May. And so about, I guess, four years ago, we um, actually longer than that, probably six years ago. Um, so we had kind of checked all the boxes of what we, I guess what we thought it meant to be successful and happy. Um, you know, we had a house in a really nice historic neighborhood. We lived next to a country club that we were members of. We um, had good jobs, you know, on track for partnerships and like leader leadership roles and um, we had, you know, a, an amazing group of friends and for all intents and purposes should have been blissful, just blissful all the time. And there was just this like nine sense in my belly, at least of like, this is it, this is it. Like, this is what it feels like. I don't like, it just felt like there was something more out there and like that I was meant for something bigger or harder. And like, there was just no way that I had reached like this pinnacle of this is life. This is the good as it gets yet. So um, I started thinking on that and I realized that it would be my my greatest regret in life if I find myself 90 and on my deathbed and I have not seen the world. Um, I'll, I'll be really upset if that happens. So we, I had the idea, I actually don't remember it, but Ryan credits me with it of being like, hey, do you wanna, maybe we should just like start traveling now and like incorporate it into our lives because I don't think we can do that many vacations. So like, you know what I mean? It's gonna be really expensive to like spend this money on vacations. So what if we just make our life about doing that? And when we close our computers, we can go see things we wanna see and on the weekends the same. And he was like down instantly. Um, and he was kind of in a similar place with his life where he was not enjoying his job anymore. Um, and the stress of it was kind of starting to physically eat at him which was kind of scary you know when your spouse gets into a place where you're like "Ooh, like it's really affecting you um and so we started taking action to do it and in all honesty it took us about two years to turn the ship like it was not a quick thing to turn your life around and i'm sure you can do it more quickly but for us it took about two years so we that entailed selling our house in the historic district um and buying a smaller one that we thought we could rent out what part, more easily. What part of the world were y'all in? Where were y'all? Lafayette, Indiana. Uh. Yeah. And so we um, sold, we probably had like seven garage sales, but eventually sold like 99% of the things that we owned. And you kind of have to do it in phases because it's like you get to these boxes where you're like, this is my childhood art. You're like, I'm not ready today. But in a month, you're like, yep, bye. <laughs> all that all that art, you, you you won so many awards from that oh, art. It's like you had trophies and awards for all of that Just art. Awards. Even though later you found out. Eh. <laughs> you, I was a big deal. You were, I was a big deal. I need to hold on to this. It could be worth a lot of money yeah. someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And so... Um, we got into the smaller place, remodeled it, continued to sell our stuff, and then finally looked at each other and were like, okay, how do we make this happen in six months? And so my business that I mentioned, I was doing the greeting card line from Frank, and it had kind of peaked. So 
So talk about like life changes in all areas all at once. Here we are getting ready to start a new business and then also flipping our life on its head. And it was like, so literally everything I knew was just upside down. And so Ryan quit his job and he was the breadwinner. And that was terrifying. Um, I picked up like a freelance kind of contract gig for the first few months that we were on the road. And then we just did it. We rented our house. We left in the Airstream and um, started trying to build the business. And he had always wanted to work. We work really well together. So he has always wanted to work full time with me. And he's not ever been able to do it in the past without having another full time job. So we thought, well, we're going to give this a try. Um, and I have to tell you what, it was <laughs> we were like, you know, mid thirties when we left and it felt like something you do when you're like 20. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, am I so reckless right now? Like, I feel like I should have a minivan and like work either, and, like, you know, either 20 or 80. That's the kind of the range <laughs> that we see. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, so yeah, we just started doing it and I, I'd be lying to you if I said that the first year was really scary for me a lot of anxiety um over you know like we really we did a whole budget thing so we work with you need a budget um and that was really pivotal for me having some stability because have you, are you familiar with you need a budget I've heard of it but so the cool thing about it is is you're you take when your money comes in you budget it out into these categories into the future so if you paid your rent here, but you've got more, you put it towards your rent next month. And the idea is that your money gets old. And so when you spend your money, it's from back here. Mm. And so um, it's it really provided me some stability in that I I didn't have a steady, you know, a steady paycheck, really. It was kind of this money that would come and go at different seasons. And so I knew that if I could at least get myself out and I'm like, we're squared for like four to six months, like that was a little bit of peace for me. Um so we did that and um, just started to grow the business and pivoted from Frank to Kate Smith Company to allow us more flexibility to create and build brands that if they peaked, that was fine because then we could just make something else. And um, yeah, we bet on ourselves. And I think every time that we've done that, it's been a good bet. Mm. And you had, uh, <laughs> Frank was traveling with you. No, no kids, but yep. you had Frank the star yep 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 he did he's been to a lot of places he's pooped a lot of states um <laughs> for a while we thought we were gonna like chart his pooping on like a google maps <laughs> you know it's these little goals Tim. that would have been that would have been super super cool <laughs> i think I can tell you're on the fence and, about that one. and and you know one of the things that you know i know frank is keen on digestive issues we'll call it farting and and y'all don't shy away from that and and not too long ago i interviewed the guy joel com that developed the ifart app so we 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 could be developing a theme here at seat go create farts are funny i mean i'm gonna put my hang my hat on that farts are funny yeah, okay I, I i'm with you there so what's been the um what's the coolest place y'all been to um, so the coolest place we really like, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a place. Um, we really like Ridgeway, Colorado, and we really like Whitefish, Montana. Um, I think the coolest thing we've been able to do is 
ski during the winter. That was always like a dream of mine. Um, you know, we used to take like a vacation once a year for like six grand, you know, for a week, like five days of skiing. And now we get a pass to the mountain and get an entire like four months of it. And it's like, oh, it's the coolest thing ever. And um, so we get to do that. And we've just gotten to meet, I don't know, the places are cool, but the people I think are cooler. Um, like, for example, you and I spent Christmas Eve together and like, shared my grandma's clam chowder recipe and we had known you for like all of three days and that to me was like literally in a nutshell what magic of what it is to live in an rv so i think people are my favorite yeah and you could probably tell that i i dig that too i mean i'm like i'm pretty sure that when we bumped into each other i was just out on a walk i started talking to ryan and, and and it's kind of this weird vibe some people may not get this and outside of RV world, but you know, you have small space, but it is still your space and, and you still are sort of protective of your space. I mean, there's a lot of people we've met. I've never seen inside their RV and stuff like that. And, and you almost don't even get in their little zone and I'm just like mm-hmm. all in y'all space. <laughs> walking. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and we're, no, I love and it. We're talking and I'm going, Hey, you need one of these armbands that say seat, go create. Y'all listen to podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you totally subscribe to my theory of like, so, you know, when little kids are small and they're on a playground and they're like, Hey Tim, do you want to play? That's like all it takes for kids to like become friends. And I'm like, why do we lose this as adults why can't i just walk up to you and go i think that you look cool and i think we might get along do you want to hang out <laughs> why yeah so that's all you do and it's awesome you should be like that so and the, and the cool thing you brought it up and this is we we get this question quite a bit and you brought up the people a lot of people think that you're disconnecting you brought it up when y'all were in lafayette y'all had a great group of people there and there are probably people listening going, oh my gosh, how could you leave them? And and people, we get that asked all the time. Oh, you don't have a church to go to or anything like that. I said, no, we've got the world to go to. And and I think, I, I think it's awesome. I love bumping into people like you. And Glory and I, we talk about you and Ryan often that we just so enjoyed communicating and <laughs> hung out by the, by the, by the campfire a little bit. Our son Joshua was there and got to, got to hang out all together. So that was cool. I'd forgotten that we did Christmas Eve together. That was really, that uh, was, I know that, that's on my list of favorite RV memories. I love that. Yeah, that's really good. So, all right. So we can't, we we could I guess, but t- talk a little bit about some of the tougher things in RV world. Just maybe the thing I mean, we we could talk about internet, but let's don't do that. That's what mm-hmm. we always talk about. I think we just had a hiccup a few minutes yeah. ago. But uh, what what are some things that are a little bit tough that we kind of have to overcome or deal with, or you you do? Well, it's funny you just sort of alluded to it. Um, for me, one of the toughest things has been community and lack of community, actually. Um, so when we first started, I was very lonely. Um, you know, it was weird to leave because it's like, we had a really good thing going and I think it's really interesting to leave something when it's good. Um, usually you leave something when it's bad or not working and it wasn't totally not working. There was a lot of beauty in what we had at home. Um, and so that felt weird to me to walk away from all of that love and support. I mean, these people in our town helped me build my first brand. I mean, I've taken photos in their house. They've come and filled card orders with me. I mean, there's a lot of love there. Um, 
And so I felt very lonely. And I think uh, that's something that you really have to contend with if you're a people person or if you're not a total introvert is how do I feel like I'm still a part of the world? How do I maintain friendships? How do I create new ones? And and on a deeper level too, because you don't want just like surface level communication with people all the time. That's, that's not fulfilling. So um, the way that we've done that is we do go home every once in a while. Um, the more we've been on the road, people come to see us, which is kind of amazing. Um, I don't, I don't know if they just didn't think it was going to last that long when we first started, but, um, now people actually come and see us, um, uh, quite a bit. And then we've met people on the road who live similarly to us. And so like, we've just come off a month where we were with our friends who live in an Airstream in Truckee, California. And then we went right here to Sedona to meet our other friends who live in an Airstream who are our age and, you know, all have remote jobs and living very similarly and so and then we've met just countless people on the road and so now our new life has been starting to form a new community um but i think that we've sought that out in ways you know like we don't just stay in our rv when we're places we come out and we talk to our neighbors and we talk to people at events and things and and co-working has been a real big help for me because i do as you mentioned i do work a lot currently like you know, I have some weeks that are 60 hours, some weeks that are 30 hours, but um, a co-working space is a way that I can still meet people in the community, but still be doing my work. So um, that's the toughest part, I think, is that you, you do move and like friendships don't always happen in like a week, you know, like think about the friends that you have at home. They've most likely been built over years. And um, so I think that there's an initial curve of building like your on road, your, your kind of new family that's in your, you know, that you go see or that might be in different places in the world. And then also keep you in touch with the people that mean the most to you yeah. that are currently in your life. Well, we, so, I, I think it's still pressing the comfort zone. I think a lot of people could jump into an RV, hit the road and never really leave. Uh, this is sort of, sort of, Meta metaphorical and also, you know, literal, never leave their RV, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then, mm -hmm. and then, I mean, I actually saw someone yesterday and this is, this sounds a little bit critical, but they pulled in here where we are. The first thing they did was stretch a long cable out to the little field right behind them and hook up the dish so that they could watch all the TV and all that. I bet y'all don't watch much TV, do you? I know. No, even that makes it? me cringe when I see that too. <laughs> we do, we have streaming, we have streaming services. So like, you know, we watch like some shows in the evening, but it, we definitely, it's kind of like a eight to 10 situation. Yeah, um, yeah we, re we yeah, rarely I do too, cringe. but you know, I mean, you know the people, you've seen them, right? That they're, they're yes. watching that TV the whole yeah. time. And, and anyway, so I, I, I agree yeah. with you that community is the challenge, but I, I kind of like you just said to me, that's the opportunity also. I mean, yeah. what are the, what are the chances? What are the odds that glory myself, you and Ryan JK would have ever met in this life? Right. I don't think we would. 
why would we? Yeah, yeah because we were in, you know, Virgin, Utah. Y'all were there. And all, it was very cool. All right, community is very important. And you've got this community that uh, we're going to put links to so people can get to it. It's called the, is it Make People Smile Club? Yeah, the Making Humans Smile Club is our group of, I guess, friends, like-minded friends. So people that think that, you know, they want to wake up in the morning and add a little more good to the world. Um, these are my people. And so it's a club that we have on our website where you can get digital downloads of tools that I create for you for free to be able to just be like, ooh, Glory's having a bad day. Let me let me pop on the Kate's download page and do something fun for her. Um, and then we give you like a heads up on sales and like all the news first. And we really just want to build a community of people who want to do tiny little things every day for someone else. You know, maybe just one tiny little thing. Just smile at someone kindly. That's enough. And I think it's just our way of kind of building this, a ripple effect, hopefully. Yeah. And the reason I like that, I, I kind of straddle this thing. I love smiling. I love joy. It's part of what I love to do. But I also have this, I don't want to say it's my dark side that I love mm -hmm. seeing what's going on in the world. And you mentioned earlier that you don't need to figure it out. I actually sometimes feel like I'm supposed to. I'm probably delusional and I shouldn't, uh, <laughs> but I try to. And and so it can yeah. kind of go down. But I, I think that the most powerful thing that anyone could be doing in the world right now is what you're doing. And that is, and that is bringing joy or attempting to bring more joy into the world. And I, mm -hmm. I see you doing that with everything. So make human smile club is something that we should all join and be a part of, but don't bring any negative in. Right. Is that what I'm hearing? No. So here's what I'm saying. I don't want people to confuse me, my mission of saying that, that the world should be rainbows and kittens all the time. Because I'm the first person to say it is not, but I'm also the first person to say that that's exactly why we need joy and a continual stream of it is because of the existence of pain, of sadness, of challenge, of hardship. It is exactly why we need people that when you're having a sunshine day that you can break off a ray of your sunshine and throw it to someone who's in the middle of a gray cloud because guaranteed you'll be in a gray cloud at some point and you'll want a ray. And um, so I just, I that's one, my one hope that people don't take from my brand is that I don't want you to say that or think that I don't believe sadness and pain and hardship exist in the world. They do. But I think that's why we need joy. Uh, yeah. And I, I would never look at that. The name Pollyanna came to mind, you know, the old movie that Pollyanna, but I, it's like, no, you can have an impact and it, it depends on what we focus on. I mean, listen, there's pain and there's joy in the world. Which mm -hmm. one are we going to choose? And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'm encouraged to choose joy more, which reminds mm -hmm. me, I was told that I needed to be coached here. This is Tim, the coach. I need to understand a little bit more about this puffy face thing. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and maybe even as we wrap up here, I think there was something you wanted to bring up too. And, and um, I, I need to learn more about the puffy yes. face. So you want to coach me? <laughs> so this is how it works is the puffy face. You fill your cheeks up. You can cross your eyes if you feel fancy. 
You can tilt your yes. That's a perfect one. Your form is excellent. <laughs> it's excellent. <laughs> you take a picture of yourself and you send it to Glory or JK or whoever with no no caption, no caption needed, and it, all it means is, "Hey, how are you doing? Hope you have a good day." And it is guaranteed to make them smile. And the only rule is, is they must send you a puffy face in return oh. if you send a puffy face. So I just got one this morning. Let me just show you this from my dad. And so this is like what we do. <laughs> <laughs> now, some people. And all it is is just hi. <laughs> you actually, this, I don't even know if this is probably something I shouldn't say. Thank You've you. got a great face for puffy face. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Thank Glory's you. probably going to say later, I can't believe you said that. I'm going, no, it's like. I have big teeth. <laughs> so I'm going gonna... to. You're right. I do. Like, it's not everybody is um, inclined to as much puff as I am. Well, let's do it. Let's do a three, two, one. We're both going to do one and hold it for the camera. This could be our Perfect. screensaver. So okay. three, two, one. I have to be, I have to be careful because I can pass out because I'm holding yes, my breath. This is making my day. Do you breathe through it? I mean, you breathe through the nose, or you just like hold your. I don't breathe. No. <laughs> you hold your breath. You'll get better at it. All right. Well, this is. I'm glad that we pass out anybody. Stayed serious during this conversation. Kate, is there anything that oh I? Gosh. Is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Oh gosh. Um. I don't think so. I think like if there's, you know, anything I'm trying to leave with people is like, I hope that like, if you have a business and, you know, you're doing something that you don't feel like you have a game plan for, you don't have a point of reference or you don't like, just do it anyways. Um, and is the biggest way that I quiet my anxiety and my fear is just through action and not thinking about it anymore. And, and bet on yourself and like, don't be scared to like, I think, you know, taking bets on yourself begets bigger things. And so just bet on yourself and do some scary things. Like we're only here for a little bit of time and you might as well write a story that's kind of worth reading. Mm, I love that. That is a great way for us to wrap up here. <laughs> Where can people find you? Give them, we're going to put it all in the links and everything, but go ahead and give it to them so people can connect with you. So we're at katesmithcompany.com and that's where you can sign up for the Making Human Smile Club. And then we spend a lot of time on Instagram at Kate Smith Company. Yeah, that's where I think that's where I first saw the puffy face on Instagram. So Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll You should send me one, Tim. I'll text well, it back uh, to you all the time. You, you so. know, that's what I I should probably do a puffy face promotion for the book. Don't you think that would yes. really help out? So yes. I'll uh, I think your cover should have been a puffy face. Ah, that would have been maybe your. I, you know, I should have consulted with you because you're the design creative. Yeah, I just, you missed. I just put some serious dude with a little bit of facial hair on the cover, dark in the back. Sure, it'll sell well. So. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll let you know. So anyway, hey Kate, we're seek, go, create, and I'm going to give you one of those words to choose over the other two. Which one you choose and and why? Oh man, I think I create is where I go. Um, I think create it for me embodies a lot of go and seek um, in it. So that's my way of choosing all three. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I almost, and so very good, because I, I almost would have been like, oh, huh, what if she's going to throw a curveball here and come in with something, to, especially since I started off talking mm -hmm. about we're going to hang out in the mm -hmm. in the create mm -hmm. area. But uh, Kate, I, I knew I would enjoy this conversation. I only wish we had about another couple hours. <laughs> we could get Ryan on in glory. We could, you know, know. sip something and go from there. A part to it. We'll, we will do that soon. <laughs> and yeah. and I, I love it that right before we hit record, we chatted and said we may be crossing paths later in 2022. And I am so excited about that. If you have enjoyed this conversation, oh, even a percentage of the way I have, you're going to want to share it. So please share this episode with people. There's, there are people that need to hear that it's time for them to bet on themselves. I heard Kate say that at least a few times. And there are people that need to hear that they need to bet on themselves. They need to smile. They need to do the things that Kate talked about. It's so inspiring and encouraging. So take a screenshot or if you're watching this on YouTube or on the socials or on your podcast platform, just share it with other people. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks again to Kate. Until next time, we got new episodes every Monday. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.